Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth with each other, and with a divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. I'm Hal Tausig. My work is bivocational and has been really for my entire career. I'm a professor and I'm a pastor. And I have been regularly in both fields for my whole time. So I'd like to start with my, my work as a professor my field is New Testament, which is code word for, in, in this case, for basically all of the literature that has been written over the first 200 years, whether it's in the New Testament or not. And that's particularly something I want to go back to is the distinction between what's in the New Testament and what's not in the New Testament. What I... Uh, began with as a, as, a, as a scholar was interest in the New Testament writings and what I learned and found myself teaching was a very new edge of, of that field in that it turned out that for much of Christianity the New Testament had been seen as kind of a rule for belief and so one would take little snippets out of the New Testament and say, do that. Or this story means do that or believe in that. If you look at the New Testament really closely, actually, it's 27 different documents, not organized by anyone to be in the same book. They were all written for different audiences. And they were never written for what to believe and rarely written for what to do. They were mostly written for how do I belong to a greater social body or maybe a greater divine body and how do I practice living my life in ways that make sense and make meaning. So not much belief and not much even morals, frankly, in the, in the New Testament when you look at, at it in the way it's, it was written and what it seemed to be uh, for. And during my time as a professor, what we discovered is that it is very diverse so that the New Testament doesn't agree with itself. Um, even though it's now used as kind of a belief book or a rule book for church, it actually doesn't contain that kind of direction. It's some things like the, the Gospel of Matthew are written so that people can learn how to be part of a community. 
or but the, then there's the Gospel of Mark, which is, seems to be written mainly of how to live through random and rampant violence and loss and and deep hurt. Uh, so if you want to say, what does the Gospel of Mark say and what does the Gospel of Matthew say, you have to realize that they were written for different purposes and that their stories are framed differently. What happened in the middle of my career is that I, because I was pretty well known as, as a speaker, I, was, I did a lot of work on the road giving speeches around the country. And I began to, after talks about something in the New Testament, I would find people coming up to talk to me. And one of the main things that I kept hearing was, well, I read in the newspaper about this new discovered document uh, from the early Christ movements, and I want, you, I want to ask you what you think of it. The problem was, often I hadn't heard of it because it was pretty recent news, and, and I was a little embarrassed that there were new things I had to know rather than all the old stuff. And so my first effort was to just reassure them that they didn't need to read these things. And saying things like, oh, they're probably heretical or just second rate. I had no reason to say that. And I didn't realize at the time that there was massive amounts of new material being discovered because scholars were going to, especially North Africa, where the, the climate was dry and had preserved papyrus for thousands of years. And so scholars were finding all kinds of things in the last 150 years. I now know almost 150 documents were found that we had never known before. So again, people kept checking in with me and I kept giving the wrong answer until finally they started saying, listen, I actually read it and it meant something to me. So could you try a little bit harder? And so, and I, and so I started taking it seriously. And so now I'm a a scholar of that literature, mostly, that had been discovered. And so I now find myself not to the exclusion of the, of the New Testament, but I find myself mostly concentrating on this massive amount of literature that um, is about the early uh, Christ movements, um, and by and large we simply don't know enough about them. I have doctoral students that, that help me do that. So that's what I do as a scholar, and and um, and I am not romantic about the new stuff. It's some of it's bad and some of it's great, as is the case in the New Testament itself. I want to just say then that my other career as a pastor um, makes me very sensitive to my scholarly work in that I find myself really wanting to, to speak to ordinary people, not just my fellow academics. And so in the middle of a long period, of course, in our culture, where the church is rapidly declining, talking straight about what one's spiritual options are is really important. So first of all, I have found myself in both, I, I really pastored two congregations, both um, completely dead. 
when I went in and was able in both cases over a period of a decade or two attract people mainly um, under 40 and, and build congregations of, of youthful, interesting, non, non-churchy people. So with that really exciting kind of, of church, it's allowed me to bring these new discoveries in and it's allowed me to ask questions of these new discoveries for regular people, not just people who think they have to believe the same old thing in, in church. So I find myself completely, as an experience, thinking that being a pastor of this kind of church and being a professor is completely integral, and, and they match each other. So that appeals to me that my own growth is enhanced by the fact that in the academy, I teach at the seminary, in the academy I always am drawn to talking plainly so everybody understands because that's what I've learned in the church. And in the church I'm drawn to push the people to have real thoughts and not necessarily standard thoughts and beliefs in church. So those are parts of the way my work integrates from both sides in in general. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.